Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. Today is Thursday, February 26, 2015. And the uh, com is hosting a conversation on what is a political action committee and how would one help our future dreamers, leaders, and achievers go forth in the future and have a voice, especially for those that are unheard. Um, from Southern California, would you like to pose your question that you have on your mind at this point? No, not at the moment. Okay. Michigan, do you have a question about the process or anything? Yes, my question would be in terms of taxing. How do we protect ourselves in terms of taxing? Is this going to be nonprofit or is it going to be a, a taxing regiment to this? Okay. And Ms. Lanita Robinson. I'm sorry, Southeast Texas. <laughs> um, I don't have any questions just yet. I'm going to hear what he has to say. Okay, New York. Um. I guess my question would have to do with um, how does how do you go about the the reporting, like you know the checks and balances when you're managing the PAC. Okay, and Pennsylvania, Southeast Pennsylvania. I think my question would be around acceptable funding sources. Um, how does one fund a super PAC? Okay. Oh, Ms. Jones, I have a quick question. Yes. Um, how are the monies? I, I don't know if it sounds stupid, but how are the no, monies? Any, no, any question is stupid. No, wait. First of all, okay. no question is stupid because we're we're recording this because everybody is going to come from different levels of information. Some people aren't even going to recognize what a PAC stands for. So don't feel that any question. It should not be asked. All questions are fair questions. So go ahead. Okay. How is the money supposed to be uh, spent? And, you know, like, can you gear it towards uh, specific um, agendas, if that makes any sense? Okay. Can we gear it? My question um, that I have is what is the proper organizational structure? Should it be an LLC? Should it be an incorporation? Should it be, um, I think I saw something about a 501c4, um, based on what you know so far from what we're telling you, Mr. Graves, what do you think um, the, the formal organization structure should be? And so that was a one, two, three, four, five questions. So which one do you want to start with? I will. I'm going to go ahead in order. I've got. I've got six with the with the uh, uh, total questions. Okay. Oh, actually. So let me just start. Initially, on the question of tax, this is an exempt organization, and so the committee itself will not be taxed. So, the, and and because it's not regulated by the IRS, the 
committee itself will report all of its expenditures to the FEC as opposed to the IRS, so you won't be filing a return every year. On this, the second question on reporting, the reporting is based upon where you're making your expenditures, and so I, I want to go into that just a little bit more uh, with a further question. So let me go to three. On funding sources, that's completely your, your PAC succeeds or fails by whether or not you attract people to the things that you are, the expenditures that you're making, and whether they feel that you're doing those effectively with the money they're giving you. So funding sources are, are it's like fundraising for a 501c3. You, you, either you're going to be good at that or you're not, and if you're good at it, then your PAC will have power and will have persuasion. Uh, the on the spending, whether you can have specific agendas. Now, this is this is where this becomes important. From my understanding of what you'd like to accomplish is, you would like to have, you'd like to be able to persuade uh, both uh, uh, legislative agendas and uh, whether it's uh, whether it's existing legislation that's under consideration or legislation that you think would be important. And then the second part is to uh, to affect uh, actual the outcomes of actual races for uh, of individual individual candidates. So you can do both of these things. The traditional PAC did this by having uh, a committee like yours raise money and then give that money to the candidate committees that they felt deserved them. That is the that type of of, of this original committee uh, design is the kind that has the highest level of reporting with uh, with a lot of restrictions on the money, both on the way in and on the way out. It's all going to be reported. You've got to know a lot about the laws in every place, in every jurisdiction, not just at the federal, the state, the local level. It's if local by county, local by state. So there's a lot when you are giving direct to candidates. That's why your best – right now the easiest way, uh, and, and that ruling in 2011, Kerry versus FEC, made this – uh, uh, available to you. If you operate as an independent expenditure uh, pack at the federal level, which will allow you to make expenditures in individual states and in, in local elections in individual states, uh, but where your primary uh, activities are going to be at the federal level and everything else is, is, a, is a, a, less, a lesser activity, then and, and if you make independent expenditures, as opposed to giving money directly to a candidate, you instead, your committee, would make the expenditure without coordinating your expenditures with any specific candidate. And also, this would hold true on specific agenda items. If there were legislation that you supported, you could go out and you could run ads for that. You could do any kind of grassroots uh, 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 assistance for it. You can do anything on the on specific agenda in independent expenditure, and then you get that the the added benefit of of unlimited contributions from your donors. So with the in, independent expenditure super PAC, people can give you as much as as they want without limits, and your reporting is very simple compared to a, the old style contribution pack. Now the last part of this is. If you do want to involve yourself in in specific candidate support or 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 persons that you want to uh, uh, show that you disagree with their their candidacy, in these cases you can make independent expenditures that directly name the candidates that you either support or oppose, uh, but you just can't coordinate with the the candidates who who you do uh, support. You can't coordinate with their uh, staff and their committee how you, you make your expenditures. If you do that exclusively in independent expenditure where you are 
you have the full broad spectrum of your ability to influence elections, to influence legislation, or to influence uh, uh, legislation that, that is not even at the time is not even under consideration. You can do all three of these big persuasive things in that independent expenditure, expenditure setting, and you'll have the uh, the easiest reporting requirements because it's just a straight in. You report who gave you what, and then you show what you spent it on in in big blocks, as opposed to all these little, very small expenditures that are dependent upon uh, restrictions set up at each level of of elections, whether it's a town or a or a county or a state, uh, and and at the, also at the federal level. So, to wrap that up, starting out as a as a independent expenditure only 527 super PAC does not mean that you could not later become a hybrid PAC if you really chose to. But I can tell you, if you go into get your bookkeeping straight to run this as a independent expenditure committee, my guess is you'll stay that way forever. But if you wanted to branch out and begin to support candidates directly by giving money to their campaigns, you can do that too. The hybrid account, the hybrid campaign uh, and, and committee can be set up after uh, you can just you can you can change your committee within the FEC by uh, with with some simple paperwork to to open up candidate accounts and then uh, and make those contribution accounts in addition to your uh, uh, to your non-contribution account where you're running your independent expenditures. The last question uh, is regarding how would you what would you like to be set up as uh, and w- the recommendation I would make is to committees do not have to have a structure, a business structure like a, a corporation or or an LLC, but it is recommended, especially if you're going to have if you're going to be have any success at all, to protect the directors uh, and and officers of the of the committee. The best way for you to do this would be, and it would be included in what we do. We it was a recommendation that I was going to make anyway. Uh, is we would set up a nonprofit corporation in Virginia if that's where your primary activity is going to be, and that would be your liability firewall for the PAC. Uh, it would be set up after the PAC was established, and the it would be following the FEC's rules that allow you to do this in order to set up. The only business of the corporation, of the nonprofit corporation, would be as a corporate uh, uh, and uh, liability firewall uh, against legal actions against the the uh, committee, and it would just and basically the the bottom line of what happens is if there were issues that any contributor or anybody in the public had against the activities of the committee, it would be the committee itself, that corporation that got sued, and none of you individually. The only place that would be true is if in if there were some that typically only happens in like employment law issues. If within the committee's uh, operation there was a, a something like a sexual harassment suit, the individual would still the, the the corporation wouldn't protect that individual from that. But anything outside of of those employment law issues would would typically be uh, uh, you'd pr- be provided the protection of the corporation. Okay. Does anyone have any follow-up questions? Thoughts, concerns, ideas? I do. Um, This is Southeast Pennsylvania. Okay. You mentioned that uh, raising funds for a PAC is similar to raising funds for a 501c3. So I'm guessing that that also means that you can accept 
large donations, straight donations from an individual, and it doesn't matter where that individual may have gotten their funds from to make a donation to your PAC? Well, no, the, uh, it it. It does matter because you can't take money that originated. Your your contributions are going to be reported, and they're going to be in the name of the person that gave you uh, the name of the person or the entity that gave you the the uh, uh, the contribution. And you are not allowed to accept contributions from uh, non-U.S. citizens and non-U.S. Uh, uh, business entities. So, like like a uh, like a 501c3, you can take unlimited contributions. Unlike a 501c3, the contributions to the PAC are not tax deductible for the donor. So they're paying taxes on that money, but they can give you an unlimited amount if you do it as a super PAC. If you did this as a traditional PAC, there would be strict limits on the amount each any individual could give you uh, based upon who you were going to be sharing that money with. Now, is there a tax advantage for people if – if your PAC is a nonprofit 501c4, do they get a tax benefit by donating money? Are they able to write that money off? They do not. And in fact, one of the one of the great uh, confusions brought on by the media not understanding political action committees is they often identify 501c4s, which are social welfare organizations uh, under 501c4, of course, but they are not at all they're not a political committee of any kind they are a social welfare organization which by the draft of 501c4 the IRC 501c4 allows them to have a minority of their activities in in political uh influencing political campaigns or legislation so because that was because it's a gray area 501c4s who can take unlimited uh contributions that are not tax deductible uh, the the advantage that the 501c4s have taken is by claiming that 51% of their activities are not political, that for, only 49% or less are, and that the donors, uh, although the donors are reported to the IRS, they are are not they are the IRS is not supposed to ex, uh, expose any of those donors. So you you would in legally the donors of an, into a 501c4 would never be known. There have been a couple instances where the IRS has released. Uh, the names of them, but the but generally the reason for the 501c4 was to maintain donor anonymity. Okay. And what you're doing does not you, you, what you're doing is not uh, you're not going to find the 501c4 to to be uh, attractive to you anyway because you 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 would just basically be starting by saying how do we come up with 51 percent of our activities that have no political nature to them and it's not a. Uh, uh, it doesn't sound to me like that's at all where you're headed. Okay. Now, the fact that we also want to emphasize, you know, things that are economic-driven, you know, education, training on technology, um, and those are not necessarily not direct political, but, you know, we will have a radar on for things that, that do deal with um, the political impact. Uh, how would you say the hybrid 527 would be better than the hybrid super? I guess I, are they one and the same? They are one and the same. The fi- okay. 527, that's just the FEC code for, uh, uh, that's their code for, for committee. So uh, within 527. Okay, so it's all the same thing. Yes, they are. Um, now, ha- were political action committees ever tax deductible in the past? Like when people gave a donation, was that ever tax deductible? 
Not in the time period that I've been forming them. I've never uh, – they've always been taxed. The, the donors are taxed. Your committee is not taxed. You are an exempt organization, so your corporation is not taxed, and your, your activities are not taxed. It's just the individual who donates to you has had to pay tax on that. Unlike in the 501c3, they make a contribution to you, and then they deduct it from their taxable income. Gotcha. Um, Southeast Pennsylvania, does that clarify? Yes. Um, do you want to go on with other things, Mr. Kurt? If if you've got if that's all your questions, you, you can feel free to anybody can uh, uh, you know be, be happy to share my email address with anyone if if you'd like, Joan, and uh, I'll, I'll address any questions that, that you have and. Uh, uh, and you know what we would, you know what the information that we need to uh, to yes. begin the process. And then the other part, of course, is going to be where you want to operate from. The, you you should most appropriately be domiciled in the state that uh, that you're holding your board meetings. So wherever your board you presume would be meeting, even if most of them are meeting electronically, uh, whatever you would call your headquarters, would be the state that you would want to you would want to set up the pack and incorporate in. Okay. So when you say incorporate, will we have to have an incorporation? Well, and I'm, I guess that's what your company does, but we would actually have to have an incorporation, like articles of incorporation and all of that. Will we have yes. to have officers? You will have to have – you do have to have officers in the committee even if you don't form a corporation. But, yes, if you form a corporation, you additionally will have to have uh, – uh, I recommend a corporation if you have aspirations above very, very – if you have – National aspirations, it's always smart to have a, uh, a corporation in place. You don't have to have it, and there are many, many committees that never get a, a, any type of a liability firewall, but it is a, it's a smart thing to do. And because we include it in the cost, uh, it's, it's very, you know, it's, you're paying nothing but the state fee. For instance, if it was in Virginia, you're only paying $75 to the state to have the corporation. So it's worth it. Okay, and that, that allows you to open up a bank account. Correct. You'll be able to open a bank account from the committee paperwork. So okay. when we back your endorsed FEC-1 with the, the, the other documents that the FEC is going to give us, you'll be able to open your bank account with that and the CP-575 from the IRS that we'll get you. Okay. Um, what are the standard or what are the minimum or what are the absolute requirements for officers? Uh, well, the only thing that's diagrammed out for officers is you've got to have a treasurer. And so otherwise you get to pretty much dictate your structure as, as far as the committee. When you go to a corporation, though, that's going to change. Each state's the kind of the rule of thumb for states is that uh, for the corporation is going to be that you're going to need a, a president, CEO, uh, a secretary, and then a CFO treasurer. So the treasurer, of course, has already been required because we can't open, we can't set up the committee without it. And then, so you, and again, the sequence will be establish the committee, name your treasurer. Then we file the corporation, and that co and after the corporation is filed, we're going to list your or sometimes in the according to what state it is, uh, we're going to list the officers either in the articles or or following the articles as your first uh, annual report. Okay, and when you say that um, where the board meetings, once again, I just want to clarify and just so for the recording, the board meetings can be virtual. This, can the committee operate virtually, or is it required that it has brick-and-mortar build meetings annually or quarterly or anything like that? 
you have to have a brick and mortar address somewhere, and so that and and <coughs> that that would be where, for instance, where your records are held uh, and where the the uh, teleconferences are generated from. So you. you you know, you can do this. Of course, in in this day and age, you can do this uh, from. You could name any state you wanted, uh, as long as you were getting mail at a specific address there, because that's going to be the the address that any notices are going to go to, and also the registered agent for the corporation would be uh, uh, listed at. So, we, so the bottom line, we're going to need a physical address somewhere. Okay. And. Um, the other part of that question, I guess, is are there, like with a corporation, you have to have an annual meeting. Do you have to have an annual PAC meeting? Well, you're going to have, you're going to, you're going to want to have at least one meeting. Yeah, you're, you're going to want your board of directors. You're going to want to uh, and see how your, your, the the work that your treasurer is doing is critical to your, to your committee. So the directors should be looking at the, at the filings that have been done, the reporting to, uh, to. To make sure that the the treasurer doesn't get you in in trouble, so the bottom line is you're going to want it, you know I would I would recommend four meetings a year, but but you can do you know you can limit yourself to one director meeting a year if you like. Okay. All right. And are there any other questions anyone has? Anything? Any thought? Concern? No, he's pretty thorough. I do have a question. Can um, board members hold one, more than one role, like if the president is also the treasurer? Or do they have to? Uh, according to what state the corporation would be in. So the, as far as the committee is concerned, you could, but then you could, you're going to go into some states where that nonprofit corporation, where the president is not allowed to serve as in, in other roles. Uh, but most states are going to allow it. Okay. But not at all. Do you know? Any, do you know specifically about Virginia? I off the top of my head, I can't recall if Virginia's uh, Virginia limits your your CEO to just uh, that that job. Uh, but I'll look it up. Okay. And then the final question I have is for the naming of it. Um, can it be called PTAC, or does it have to be spelled out? Political Economic I, Technology Action Committee. Oh or? no, you can use an acronym for sure. Uh, okay. it, it, we would we would just. Uh, uh, in your file, we would explain to the FEC what the acronym stood for. But uh, but let me look. Uh, I told you that I would look that up. I'm going to go into their database and, and see if it's available. Uh, uh, but it might take me a couple minutes. So if you want if you want to continue on your conversation, I'll go and look here and see. Okay. Uh, you, and you are saying P E P E C E T A C P E P A C. Okay. Like right. Political you, Economic Technology Action Committee. You continue on, and I'll interrupt you when I find out. Okay. All right. Um, if if you all don't have any other questions about that part, I wanted I us to just do a, okay because I want to make sure that before we before eight o'clock got here, we started okay. on a very quick swap. But go ahead. Um, I wanted to know: Does the PAC have the right to give to all parties they're interested in, or does it have to just be Democrats, Republicans? Like, does can your PAC be diverse in its giving? Yes, your fact. The answer to the question is: you, as an independent expenditure, uh, five twenty-seven super PAC, you could give to anyone. You you okay. would not be limited. Which, if you, yes, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Because technically, to get into why you couldn't in other types of PACs, but the PAC we're talking about, you could give to anybody you want. Okay, thank you. 
Although, well, you would you could make expenditures for. Let me say it differently. You could make expenditures in support uh, or opposition to anyone that you wanted to, um, but you you wouldn't want to give directly to them. It, my, I highly recommend that you don't start out by contributing directly to candidates because that's where almost all the trouble starts with political action committees. Let right. yourself. Let your operation nationwide develop its bookkeeping legs before you decide to give any money to a candidate. Okay. And if I can, can I give an example? You let me know if this is not correct. An example would be, um, let's say uh, John Doe, we know through our network, um, is planning to run or wants to run for office, say, in Kansas or whatever. Um, and we want to support him. We want to make sure that he gets a chance to you know, put forth a good effort because he represents what we want done for children, education, technology, et cetera. We could create a flyer or a brochure or um, some kind of media campaign um, for um, Johnson Robinson crew. <laughs> we could do, we could run some type of media campaign for them um, that says we support or these are all the great things this this person is going to do for your committee. I mean for your community, even though we don't live there, but mm-hmm. because we know the candidate, but we cannot give that money to John Doe. We can't send a check mm-hmm. to John Doe. You have you have, you did just one additional element to that. Okay. And everything so far, but in your expenditures, the other thing is you can't coordinate those expenditures with that candidate's own campaign. So Yes, you can you can do all those things that you talked about doing as long as that's not in coordination with the candidate's campaign. As long as you didn't call them up and and say, "Hey, we'd like to make a big expenditure for you. Would 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 you look at these flyers that, or would you like to make a recommendation of what flyers we should send out?" As long as you avoid doing that, then you're fine. So, we would have to basically like extract Let's say we went to their website and we found the things that we liked that they were doing or that they said they were going to do then we could we take that and create our information or would we have to like I guess go to an event itself and hear the candidate say things like how would we objectively and accurately I guess you say things. Perfectly natural for you to take uh, uh to take information from their website. You wouldn't want to cut and paste uh their their information other than maybe a candidate bio. But you, so you wouldn't want to take political uh let's say you'd want to be careful about being able to be have things linked directly back to his campaign so his knowing that his campaign or or her campaign is is creating the content on their website you wouldn't want to for instance download a brochure that they had on there in a pdf format print that up and then hand that out that would be too you you'd be clearly linked to their can even if you never talked to anybody over there at their campaign, you still be clearly linked to it. And so now, whoever is running against the candidate you support would be able to say, "Look, at he's getting they're getting support from people who are coordinating with them and calling them independent expenditures." So, you know, you just wouldn't want to do gotcha. that. I well, let me ask you this: this this is a vision brainchild I had. <laughs> if this group created its own template, if you will, like these are the things that are important you know, checklist, do you believe in this or do you share this or do you provide this or will you do this? And we created like sort of like our own guideline that we use for everybody. Um, Is it possible to like 
put down where your sources are. Like if you said that the candidate does agree with one of the points that's important to us, and we referenced it that we got that from a, a newspaper interview that they did, or absolutely. yeah, no, that all that's that's absolutely acceptable. Okay. It, it, what the what the rule what the rule for independent expenditure is is that you can't coordinate with their campaign. So it, it means that you wouldn't want to do you wouldn't want anything to show up that that even someone could suggest you had called them up and that you had uh, that you had been basically in cahoots with someone there on their campaign side to do something. You everything that you do you want it to look like you have it, it's the decision that you that you've made without asking them whether they like it, without asking them whether they have input to it, without asking them to check off on it. And so as long as you're doing that, you're perfectly clean and you won't have any issues with uh, independent expenditure. Okay. One more thing about independent expenditure. Can independent expenditures be a physical event, like a reception or a happy hour or something like that? Absolutely. Anything that you anything you feel that uh, is is furthering your the things you support, uh, those are things that you can do, and you because you would not be coordinating that with their campaign, and you could uh, you could hold events, you could you absolutely all those things are going to be available to you. You just are uh, you're avoiding having someone there direct you or have you sourcing stuff from that person. Okay. On your name, let me tell you that there is a uh, a pharmaceutical committee that their, their name after their name they they include the acronym PPAC, and even if the FEC would allow you, and they would, the FEC would allow you to include it because their name has a lot of other things in it. They have their full the full breakdown of their acronym. Uh, even if so, so if we just filed under PPAC, the FEC would accept it, but you could very easily find yourself in a uh, in, 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 with a restraining order against use of the name, or at least a cease and desist against use of the name from this existing committee. I don't know how big they are. Uh, looks like they might even be. Let me see when the last time they filed a report. Well, you know what they may be it looks like they never it looks like they Yeah, it doesn't look like you're gonna have a problem because they're not they're not it, they have not been active in years, in over a decade, and so you probably don't have any issue with them. But the 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 name has been is at least referenced in the FEC database. So I'm sorry, what was that? Was it actual PTAC or was it Political Economic Technology Action Committee? It's P-E-P-E-C. It actually stands for Pharmacy Corporation Employees Political Action Committee. Okay, so we have a T where they have a P. Oh, I'm sorry. You said T-PAC? Um, P-TAC. Okay, so so the P-E-T-A-C? Yes. Okay, let me look at that. That I was looking at the wrong. There is no committee with that in it. So you have no issue with it. P-TAC can be used just in that form without without even explaining the acronym. Oh, okay. You could be T- PTAC PAC. You could just be PTAC. You could be. Okay. Can be children's PTAC. Yeah, we could be whatever we like. Um, we have Mr. Um, 
Unity Design on real quick. He just came on, and so I would like for him to quickly um, give his intro. And um, the question everyone asked was answering is what their what their um, linkage or concern with the Political Action Committee for our future junior mm, future dreamers, leaders, and achievers, our children. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Arlie Gordon. I am uh, Chief Visionary Officer of Unity Design, which is a black youth empowerment and apparel company. Uh, I'm also a founder and co-director of the Better Detroit Youth Movement, which is a coalition of positive-minded individuals and groups working together to improve the quality of life and learning for our city's children. The Youth Movement Coalition model uh, has proven to be effective enough that we are now uh, forming youth movements in Baltimore, as well as my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. And uh, anything Joan Gossier is a part of, I'm a part of because I know her heart is in the right place and her mind is in the right space. Um, in terms of young people and political action, as it were, uh, I truly believe that we need to pass a torch to our children. Um, that torch needs to be engraved with civic engagement, whereby they are informed enough to hold public and elected officials accountable for their demonstrable contributions to our communities, not only when they have the uh, bullhorn uh, in their hands and standing on the corner saying, vote for me, but more so when they are indeed elected and expected to uplift our communities, our children, and our society. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this call. Thank you. Okay, so we're at 8 o'clock, and we said we were just going to um, you know, do this for one hour, respect everybody's time, and, and to make sure that we have um, a platform to go forward on um, the same ground, the same footing, the same information. I want to thank um, Kurt for coming and agreeing to come on board um, and talk with us and answer our questions. I think it was very helpful. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I really am. Um, uh, does anyone have any parting words or anything you want to say to Kurt before? Just thank you. It's been very helpful. Okay. You're very welcome. I, good luck. Uh, good luck in, in uh, making this work. And uh, if you do have further questions, Joan will be able to get you in touch with me. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Okay. okay. I am. Um, okay. So I've muted um, Kurt. Everyone, I'll stay on real quick. Um, our next meeting is on March the 26th at seven o'clock. And then um, at this time of day or uh, week, you know, this this day of the week doesn't work. Um, we can change that. We do the meetings like three months in advance, so that way everyone knows um, there's not any like surprise. You know, oh, I didn't know we had that meeting. So um, be thinking about for the month of March, what days? Look at your vacation. Look at you know what's going on um, personally for you. April, May, and June, and then we'll pick you know a day and a time that we're going to stick with for each you know, of those three months. So that way, my goal is that we are actually up and running by July 1st, if not earlier, but no later than July 1st. I would like to see us, you know, up and running so that by the time we get to the 2016 election discussions and all that, we're well-oiled 
we know how to work with each other, we understand each other, we know our strengths, our weaknesses, and, you know, where we have opportunities and threats. And that will basically be the agenda for our call in March is that we'll do, um, you know, either a 40-minute or 45-minute SWOT analysis of our community. So um, just so that everybody knows, and I'll send a follow-up, S stands for strengths, W stands for weaknesses, O stands for opportunities, and T stands for threats. And basically you can look at it from either just your individual zip code or you can look at it from a macro perspective of the black community that we want this PTAC to serve. What are our strengths? You know, what do we have that's going on that's really great for us? Where are our weaknesses? What are some opportunities that the PTAC could meet? And what are the threats that we want to acknowledge so that way we can build a structure that protects us from those threats? Okay. Okay. Now, um, most people have already done the application. It really helps because then you go into the database automatically, and then, you know, you get all the notifications and everything by email. So if you get a chance, go to blackparentconnect.com, and then on the uh, menu, there's PTAC, and then if you just follow the menu, it'll take you to the membership member application, and then just put in your information there. Um, the training guidebook, um, Miss Nita did an excellent job, I think, on the logo that we have and explaining what all the elements are of the logo. So all of that is on the site um, of, of why. And Miss Nita, would you like to say anything before we depart? Um, no, really, I'm um, excited for us to come together. I, I look forward to seeing where we land in the next year. Um, and I've, uh, if you haven't connected with me on Facebook, I actually go by Miss Nita on deck. Um, and if you send me a friend request, I'll like you and start tagging in our post so that um, I think what, what his name was Kurt? Kurt Graves, yes. Kurt Graves, yeah, one, because one of the things he was mentioning was our uh, really establishing our reputation and how we're going to do our accounting, our visibility with our community members, and we could actually start that um, at this juncture, which I do with Joan all the time, using the PTAC symbol and certain issues out there that need to be addressed, making comments on them just to uh, begin that visibility, something that we all can kind of work together to do. And so if you friend me, I'll tag you in a couple of posts, and I guarantee you my posts are not offensive to anyone's wall or controversial. They're just um, fact-based about what's going on that we um, address as a, community, a collective community as a whole. And that brings two other quick points. If everybody can, you know, occasionally, you know, I'm keeping mine up permanently until this thing is up and running, but um, if you use the PTAC symbol as your um, your your profile for a period of time just to bring awareness to say, what is that, what is it all about, um, and or use a hashtag every now and then, a P-tag on things that are kind of like wake-up calls, like letting our brothers and sisters, cousins, friends know, wake up, it's time to stop sleeping, it's time to stop blaming and pointing fingers, you know, let's work together and let's solve some of these problems proactively instead of reactively. And it's ironic that we have this call on the third anniversary of Trayvon Martin's death, 
because, mm-hmm. you know, I use that as an example all the time, is that when Stand Your Ground Law was making it through the courts in Florida, nobody was saying anything. Mm-hmm. And then he winds up dead, and we're all up in arms, and we're marching, and we're marching, and we're marching. So um, it's, it's, it, it warms my heart that we're going to be proactive for our kids, and we're going to try to nip these laws in the bud before they get to the point of being voted on. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can do that. We, we can get this done. So those will be the two things. Um, on the post that introduced everybody to this call, I'm going to definitely make sure that I include us as those that are interested. You all saw how many people were invited, and I invited people pri- privately and publicly. And so everyone's busy, but I need just ten people because to set this up, I just need ten people to have legs so that we can run and run very fast. And so it may not even be everybody on the call right now, and that's fine. And it may be just a few that's on the call. That's fine. But as you're out and about in Facebook world or even in the brick-and-mortar world, just constantly be thinking about how can we make sure we get the, the legs that we need so that this vision is a reality and our children who can't do this for themselves aren't looking back saying, why didn't they do anything just because we had a black president, nothing got done. I don't want to have that on my. I don't want to have that blood on my hands. Okay. Any parting questions or parting thoughts? Anyone want to give us a closeout prayer? I'm still here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Mr. Calvin, man, we would love to hear and, and give some parting words. And if you want to share anything about what's going on with Good Fathers Only, and then close us out with a prayer. Well, I just you know again. Joan, I think it's very important that we recognize the work that you're leading us in. So we truly appreciate that. And uh, upon that, you know, if you're looking for some inspiration, you can go to emmyworld.com and purchase a shirt or sweater or something to help us as we, we're growing. But uh, more importantly, if you bow your heads, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity today. We are more than overwhelmed with causes and problems and situations. And we're just asking that we you touch each and every person on the call that they know how important they are in this walk of change that we have to implement upon our people. Lord, we just thank you for their families, for giving them the opportunity of coming on to the call and keeping it peaceful for at least an hour. Lord, we just thank you for all the great work that these people are doing across the country that are involved, and it's just so important that they can multiply. Wouldn't it just be nice, Lord, that we can multiply in the numbers and just show support for each other, do something that they say we can't do. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity again. I love you. I love everyone on this call. God bless you. I need you. Lord, thank you. We just cannot do this without you. Lord, we thank you abundantly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You all have a good night. And we'll see each other in March. Well, virtually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.